Okay, here's the deal. We don't get paid to do this, and unfortunately, in the course of events, sometimes we miss a week. Grand apologies. My bad. Tough to line up schedules sometimes. But here's what we missed in the last two weeks of Pac-12 action. I'd say most notable result, Stanford shocked Oregon. Uh, and then what elsewhere than last week's games, Washington State's prize win against Oregon State and USC got throttled by Utah. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's eligible receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, because we didn't do a show last week, we're going to back it up two weeks real quick. We're not going to hit all of those games, but we are going to uh, lead off by talking about Washington and Oregon State. So, uh, what were your impressions of this game? Oregon State was the correct winner of this game, um, as we sort of talked about. The maddening um, game to watch if you're a Washington fan, uh, sprinkled in with like 10 minutes of hope, um, mostly away from the run and pass the ball, which resulted in a interception for Washington and then shortly thereafter a strip sack for Washington. Um, I think if Oregon State has anything to be worried about, it's the play of Chance Nolan, their quarterback, the last couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, Washington finds something that works and then goes away from it, and it cost them the game when they did that on fourth and one and went with the quarterback sneak instead of the Wildcat, which had been averaging approximately 17 yards of play. Um, so you know, it's tough to decide. I, I, I think the only thing I, I would add is like you and I talk about this. We have talked about this in the past over the years. But if I if I ever become a football coach, the only commitment I'm going to make to you that I'm not going to do is that I'm not going to go away from something that's working because I don't want to become predictable. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand it. I, it seems to be like commonly accepted as what you have to do. Jonathan Smith did it. We just talked about it. He was getting seven, eight, nine yards of carry. There's no way Washington could stop them on the ground. And then he just goes away from it and goes to the pass. And they immediately throw an interception. Next two possessions later, they get a strip, you know, they, their quarterback at strip sack sets up another Washington touchdown. It's like, why? Like, I get it that you want, like you go away from something if the other team stops you, but so long as they have not shown the ability to stop you, why do you care? if it makes you predictable, if they can't stop you. I don't understand that. And if I ever become a coach, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I think that's a good plan. I think I think the reason that people do it is because you're, you know, every week you're playing the game that you're playing, but you're also playing the rest of the season, you know, to like try and develop some confidence and things. And so that's one of them. You want to, you know, you're, at some point you're going to have to pass the ball. So you, you better get some reps in, uh, while you're ahead and I can't, I can't fault Oregon state for being under the illusion that this game was comfortably in hand because uh, the entire, you know, into the fourth quarter, you're like, how on earth is this a one score game? Like what is happening? You know? And then Washington jumps up, gets those two quick scores and gets a lead. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, Oregon uh, State, uh, you know, drives it down the field uh, and gets the big dub. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, for, for the first half of this game, I've I was astonished Washington got into the locker room at halftime only down four points because it seemed exactly as you were saying, Oregon State was running at will and the only thing stopping them was themselves. And then the other reason people are multiple like that, which is a phrase you'll hear coaches say, good coach speak, uh, is that's like the true way to unlock a blowout is when you are doing whatever you want with one kind of play and then the other team like is like desperately loading up to stop it and then you break out the other, you know, like a long pass or something like that and that's when you really deflate a team because they're like, well, we can't stop any of this. Uh, so, and I, and I, I do truly feel that for large portions of this game, Oregon state was a play away from winning this game by, you know, 20 plus points. Yeah. The score flatters Washington, because again, it was just these two turnovers, you know, that, that big plays that got them into it. Washington went wildcat scored, you know, like they found something, but you know, then Washington goes away from that. Um, I don't, I don't understand it. I like, I, your job is to just win the game that you're playing, like not the next yeah. week game or the week after or whatever. It's not like the good receivers that you have on your team. If the running game is what's working, it's not like the receivers you have on your team aren't going to be there next week. Like they'll be there. Like they'll still be there. You can still, you can still throw them next week if that's, you know, if that's what you want to do. Um, but in the, in the space and time in which you're playing an opponent who's like, yeah, we can't stop this. Um, okay, then I'm just going to keep doing it because at the end of the game, I'll have more points than you that way, uh, and that'll be that. So both coaches did it. Uh, Oregon State was correctly the winner at the end of the game. They definitely deserved the win more in terms of a uh, more dominant team, and uh, Washington continues its alarming um, and disgraceful decline into mediocrity. Yeah, I got to say, I'm going to uh, take another angle on the game. I expected nothing from it and was just rooting for Washington to win. And I was amused that it was close the entire time, elated when they got ahead and fully accepting when we lost, because as we you pointed out, that was the expected outcome. I was like, well, yeah, that obviously that was going to happen. But for a second, it looked like it might not have happened. Seemed like everybody yeah. tried hard. Uh, and uh, I'm giving a good old participation trophy to the dogs for that result. I, I had a fun time watching the game. I didn't I didn't dislike the game. I just yeah. I mean at the end of the game I was like, yeah, we should have lost. We should have lost. That's yeah. They, so I'm, watched, I'm calling I that a win. Teams, I watched both teams play and they were better than us, which, which again I think just speaks to where Lake has uh, navigated this program in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, nine I, nine consecutive wins for Washington against Oregon State, and then last year should have lost Oregon State, but pulled out, eked out a kind of a miraculous victory, and then this year go ahead and just lose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was like the first week of my project where I'm trying to get myself to enjoy watching Washington again. And I think it was a successful proposition. The other game of note uh, two weeks ago was uh, Stanford uh, hosted Oregon. And uh, this was pretty wild at the end of this game. I'm now recalling the uh, circumstances of it. Um, uh, Stanford benefited at the end of regulation from a pretty ghostish pass interference call. Uh, as they were going in to score to tie the game. Uh, I, I believe that was in at the end of regulation. Uh, and this was a game where, like, Oregon was in control, but not wholly in control. 
and then all of a sudden Stanford just jumps up at the end and get him. And let me uh, uh, toot my own horn for the most tepid of predictions I made in the week prior to this, which was just saying, not saying, I, you know, I picked Oregon to win. Uh, I forget who I picked on the spread. Uh, and it's so long ago, who could possibly know? Uh, but I, I did say, I've, w- would you really be surprised if Oregon lost, you know? Because, like, that's not this – is, this is a very normal Oregon team. And they came into this game ranked third in the country. But, like, what was it really, like, earth-shattering that Stanford beat them? I don't really think so. For for all, all the complaining we do about how dumb Washington plays Oregon every – or uh, Washington plays Stanford every year where we just try and do something that we can't do. And yeah. Stanford's coaches just w- respond with glee and blow Washington out because they're like, these guys never get it. Uh, Oregon – has a very similar problem with Stanford in as much as the things that Oregon is able to do to everybody else, they're not able to do to Stanford, regardless really of how good or bad Stanford is. Um, and Stanford's always in those games late and has wrecked Oregon seasons now like several times. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the other news coming out of this game, other than the fact that like Stanford won, obviously and sort of knocked the PAC 12 out of playoff contention because Basically, everybody's saying, well, that's it. I, I don't know that that's true. I think if Oregon finished with one loss and a, the win at Ohio State, you know, is such a marquee win, I think they would have a shot. But I still, think so, too. Absolutely. There are only four spots. There are only four slots. And, you know, it's hard to come by those slots. And two of them are going to probably go to SEC teams. So, Well, if, um, my, if money changing hands is a factor at all, you Oregon's up there with the best of them. Yeah, that's that's true. But you're looking probably at George Allardy penciled in for two of those them their spots uh i guess if alabama loses again they might be out but uh in any event it uh the other news is that cj verdell picked up an injury in this game and is now done for the year that's devastating because that guy has really been running riot for them uh and they had a great kind of uh two-back combo with him and travis die so best, best player on their team i would say other than on the defense like they're their best offensive player yeah, oh, I agree with that. Yeah, he he was marvelous for them, and that's going to be a tough injury for them. I'm, I'm heartbroken. You know, obviously, I feel, I feel bad for the young man, but, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to last week proper games that I didn't pick uh, because we didn't do a show and I just didn't get picks in. I, t- I took the week off. Started off on Friday. I did watch a little bit of Arizona State. Stanford was trying to back up their win against Oregon they go to the desert where so many dreams die. Oregon or Arizona State, rather, a uh, very professional uh, twenty-eight to ten comfortable victory. Yeah, Arizona State looks good, continues to look good, which is they've got a you know sort of a, a cloud of controversy swirling over their program, but they don't seem too impacted by it um, from their their preseason issues. But uh, yeah, and Stanford just. Yes, you could predict this coming off the huge win. You know, they've looked vulnerable on the road. They've not played well a couple of times now, and this this seems to be a pattern. They're going to look good and really competent some weeks, and then some weeks they're going to look bad. And this week they look bad. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, – remind me, what the, what's the controversy surrounding them? Arizona State, uh, I think it's all like recruiting issues and Antonio Pierce, their defensive coordinator, doing stuff he shouldn't be doing and just just – sounds like Herm's not running a tight ship on the recruiting front and uh, they got dinged. They like, there's also like a little kerfluffle because uh, this has come up. I've seen this come up a few times. They apparently hired 
like a, a video coordinator or something from the University of Oregon like two weeks before they played Oregon last year, and then they just happened to beat Oregon and seemed to have a really good idea of what the plays Oregon was running. <laughs> There's some smoke there as well. but I You, know, you know what both of those things sound like to me? Trying. Uh, yeah, playing Trying. to win. I got, like I got no problem with either of yeah. those. If you're not getting recruiting violations and doing shit like that. Trying is what it sounds like to me. I, I, didn't, I have no problem with it. In fact, encouraging. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Uh, next up, we go to the Saturday games. Uh, Washington State uh, played Oregon State. Oregon State uh, coming off wins over USC and Washington at that point, two of your traditionally stronger teams in the Pac-12. But brother, uh, what that, that and uh, you know a dollar won't get you a cup of coffee on the Palouse. They go in there, the Cougs, Rolovich, maybe getting towards his last game, <laughs> uh, manages to beat the Beavs. 31 to yeah. 24. I've, uh, just a flurry in the second half. 28 to 14 in the second half. Cougs win by a touchdown. 31 24. Good for them, man. Uh, you know, Oregon State, yeah, riding high off two really big victories. Although I will say that, you know, Washington held their quarterback to under 50 yards passing, which yeah. is Red stunning. Flag in retrospect that they then lost that game. But again, and, and, and you and I both feel like they should have lost that game. Um, and, uh, and so this is now the second week in a row, the chance Nolan for, you know, didn't look great against WSU. So there's potentially some issues there, uh, but yeah, good win for good win for the Cougs. Yep. Uh, solid for them. And it's going to, it's, you know, Washington state, uh, Firmly in there with Washington in terms of teams that are really, and with USC, frankly, who we're going to talk about in a second, teams that are going to be scraping and clawing to find bowl eligibility. Yep. All right, next up, Utah, USC. Uh, USC, really all over the place this year, but I'd say mostly poor, right, at this point. Uh, They play a Utah team that, as in previous seasons, has struggled to generate offense how about a 42 spot for Utah? Uh, and we can safely say that your interim head coach at USC, whatever his name is, I will not learn it, uh, will not uh, be having that tag removed. You never know, man, because it's USC. But, yeah, it seems like a safe bet that they're not going to hire him. They, Yeah, and he's in over his head because you got to believe USC has the athletes to just line up and blow Utah off the ball, but they can't do it. So, what I don't understand is that, and you know, and they gave up forty-two points on defense, which is not impressive. Yeah, not at all. What what I think is disappointing is that, so you can't put it on Keaton Slovis because he's been fine in the past and he threw for four hundred yards in this game. But I seem to recall Jackson Dart went in and just uh, blew the doors off of Washington State, and then he's right back to the bench. And USC seems to have been losing since then. So well, he he does have a knee injury, so that's he's got a, like a torn meniscus or something. Oh, so well, technically, all right. Technically, he's hurt. So I think why was why was Keaton Slovis out? Was he just benched he got, or was he hurt? He got dinged up like in the game, I think, and that's why Dart went in. And then Dart played the rest of the game was really good, but it kind of had a, a meniscus issue. And it's kind of like I saw this week that he's been practicing, um, so maybe he's back in the mix. But he he definitely has been injured, so that's why he's not seeing the field. Yeah. All right. Uh, so next up, this is the last game from last week. Short week. What we had? Only eight teams played. So what? That's four teams in the conference. We're on by. Uh, UCLA 
uh, went to the desert, and uh, unlike Stanford, they were able to take care of business against a still winless Arizona team. This is actually the game I ended up watching the most of of all the Pac-12 games last week because it was like the nightcap. Uh, and here's what I'll say about Arizona, right? They were in the game against Oregon at Oregon, right? Inexplicably. Yeah. They were in this game in the second half. Uh, and uh, I believe their quarterback, uh, McLeod, ended up taking a pretty good little injury there in the second half. But, like, Arizona, I, I liked how they were playing. Like, I, you know, they were they they were clearly, you know, utterly outmanned everywhere. And they were just uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel of the playbook for anything that would get them four yards, you know. But they were doing it, and they were moving the ball pretty consistently, uh, you know, up until the injury to their quarterback. So, uh, they, but you know, at the end of the day, UCLA takes care of business, ends up blowing them out twenty to three in the second half for a thirty-four to sixteen win. But I've, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind what I saw out of the out of the the fish gang, the fi- the school the school of fish. Yeah, <laughs> they they got them. They're trying to get them swimming in the right direction. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I thought yeah. they were okay. They they are going to struggle. They did not even cover in this game. Um, UCLA ends up with the cover, a sixteen point cover, which is not bad. Yeah, I don't know what to say, man. Other than Arizona just has no talent, and with Fish in his first year, it's like you got like that's a true like true blue rebuild. Like you, he's gonna, we're not gonna know until like the third year if that guy's got any hope of being a college coach. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a. You'd think like for this year, the goal at this point is you've got to find one win and then you'd have Gotta to say, find a win. Can't, can't go, can't go winless for sure. Um, and then next up and then, you know, next year you want to find, you know, two or three, including one like real surprise. And then you can say that maybe something's happening. So like the bar is very low. Arizona has been like just mired in nonsense since, you know, uh, where this program really turned around when uh, Khalil Tate uh, hurt his leg, you know, and then uh, when he was like, "I didn't come to Arizona to be an option quarterback," and the coaches were like, "Okay, we'll let you throw," instead of being like, "Well, you know, tough break. Life doesn't work out the way you want sometimes. You are an option quarterback." Turns out yeah. you're extremely fast and yeah. good at running. Yeah, and you... <laughs> other teams can't guard you in that capacity. And if you look yeah. at the NFL right now, those quarterbacks are kind of ripping it up. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, take that model. Yeah, I mean it's unreal that if this guy it, and, he, uh, Khalil Tate was unplayable for like two months there in that first year when he got in, and uh, yeah. and then yeah, it just was never the same. We're gonna show you some tape of this guy. His name's Lamar Jackson. I want you to watch him and and see if maybe you feel like you'd be okay, kind of like being like him. You know, like as it turns out, he's not bad. What do you think Lamar Jackson makes a year? Was he still on his rookie deal? Oh, he is. Yeah, probably not much. I mean, probably like eight to ten million, but probably not a lot. Like relative to what he should be making, he should be making thirty. You know, like oh my god, you know what he's making this year? Three million dollars. <laughs> Four. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not enough. <laughs> yeah, that is remarkable. Uh, he's gonna get a. A bump up there to twenty three next year. Yeah, that's a well deserved. Yeah, yeah, five, seven, eight, but just three times what he's made in his entire career up to this point, and he will still be underpaid next year. Yeah, yeah, relative to market value. 
So I because I didn't submit picks, I'm taking an 0 and four last week. So uh, after the last two weeks action, how, where do we stand on the pick standings? I am at 22 and 27. You are at 21 and 28, which will tell you how good we're doing. You just took an over and right in the mix. Yeah. Worm, you're tied with Worm at 21 and 28, and Tubby is one uh, game ahead of me at 23 and 26. So you're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. You're in fact two games back of being in the lead. <laughs> Well, it starts now. Here we go. Uh, next week's games, we're going to start off on Friday in Eugene, Oregon. Still a top 10 team. Uh, our hosting California, just a listless operation they got going on in Berkeley. The Ducks are 13 and a half point favorites. I'll uh, comfortably take Oregon in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's the pick. I I, I kind of want to take Cal because Cal's another team that kind of like jumps up and competes with Oregon every once in a while. Yeah. It's really hard on a Friday. I, they, they did have a bye last week, so it's not coming off a short week, but it's really hard to get behind Cal being competitive in this game with Verdell. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking myself into it. Give me Cal. I love uh, it. CJ Verdell's gone. You know, they get Cal's had a week and a half to prepare. They're going to show up. Garber's going to throw it around a little bit. They're going to lose this game by 12 points and cover the 13 and a half. I love it. All right. Let's go to Saturday action. I'll tell you what. Opportunity knocks for the School of Fish. Arizona is traveling to Colorado. Colorado are six point favorites in this game. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do a quick. Jordan McLeod injury search. Seems like a lot. He suffered suffered a significant knee and leg injury and will miss the remainder of the season. Okay. All right. Not going to play this week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he's out. Yeah, that does fucking suck. Uh, Colorado is not a good team. They're not. The Carl Durrell resurgence was, again, again, we oversold that. Yeah, six Man. points is, is a lot. I'll tell you what, I, I'm 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 like actively considering going to the Colorado game this year for UW because like you want to talk about a game I can just get behind and just enjoy, you know, like yeah, is it two there? bad teams playing a bad game? Like it's there. It's at Boulder. It's supposed to be an awesome town to go visit. Like I don't know. Like their fan base isn't going to care and be like. Yeah, you're not going to get like stuff thrown at you or yelled at. You'll probably, like they'll probably buy you like, some hey, drinks. You're and, here. Like, you're like, yeah, yeah. It, it, like, yeah, that does sound nice, actually. I buy me a beer. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm hoping for a game in Boulder in a couple weeks. Um, and I don't know. I haven't made a decision on that, but it would be fun. That would be fun. Um, I think I could fully embrace your, like, let's enjoy UW football. Like, that weekend, I could just get all behind just. Just being a happy-go-lucky fan at the, I don't know, away stadium. Yeah. Until Carl Durrell's running circles around our coaching staff. But, yeah, I would I would enjoy it. I wouldn't be shocked anyway. Um, I'll take uh, I'll take the buffs. Oh, yeah, until I get a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the gloves will come off. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll take Colorado in that game. I'm going to leave my gloves on because it's going to be cold and I, I'm a wimp. It's going to, I'm going yeah. to leave the gloves on, but I'm going to be pointing and screaming the whole time. Fair enough. Who do you like, uh, Arizona or Colorado? Taking the buffs. All right. I, I like that as well. 
And here's a here's an interesting game here. We got Stanford going to the Palouse. Stanford, you know, very up and down. Uh, uh, coming off a pretty poor performance against Arizona State. Washington State, uh, upset win over Oregon State. The Cougs are plucky, man. And I, I kind of like the Cougs as home dogs in this game. I love it. I'm picking Stanford, man. I, I, I don't think the Cougs are any good. I don't think they're plucky. I think, I think, I think the leech pluckiness is gone. I think they're bad. And they played an Oregon State team that was riding high off two wins, but really should have lost. If if UW, like if anything that that loss tells us is that UW is bad, like bad, 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 because their quarterback threw for forty yards in that game, and they still won. Yeah. Um, and then they come into WSU and they're, you know, they're in the game, but they, you know, like, I, I don't think that's a reflection of WSU being any good. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Stanford. Fair enough. Uh, next up, Arizona state is traveling to Utah for a game that is rated uh pick them. Is that what you have? Yeah, it's even, even money. Whew. Seems like seems like ASU should be comfortably favored in this game. I, I, I like if I were saying this line, I'd be like ASU minus six. I'm going to take Utah. I think they're trying to sucker us into an ASU bet. I like Utah at home. You and I are on the other side of every bet except the one that we have to be on the, the same side of. I That's love right. It. We're going to have the separation Saturday. It's yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you got you got the Sun Devils, and that brings us lastly to. 5.30 p.m. at Husky Stadium. Washington is hosting UCLA. UCLA started off with a big win against LSU. LSU just lost to Kentucky last week. So maybe that yep. win's looking uh, not so hot anymore. LSU uh, just lost to Kentucky. And Kentucky's coach might be interviewing for the head coaching job at LSU shortly thereafter. Yeah. <laughs> Stu- I mean, Kentucky's like 6-0 and and everyone's like, Stoops, dude. He knows how to coach. He's in the SEC already. He's gonna be. He's gonna. He's gonna get us. He's gonna get a look at some big name programs. Yeah, good for him, man. His uh, name is Stoops. That helps, right? Like he yeah. doesn't hurt to have your last name be Stoops when you're looking to take former a big, big former program. Arizona coach. Right. Is it? Is it that Stoops? Is it Mark Stoops or is it a different Stoops? I don't know. Uh, let's let's sort it out. I mean, let's yeah, it's it's absolutely Mark Stoops. <laughs> that guy did nothing at Arizona. How the tables have turned. Arizona couldn't couldn't pay him any money to come back and coach them now. Yeah, you guys yeah. gonna get interviews at LSU and USC. Yeah. Oh my God, that's where that's what's gonna happen. That's the type of guy USC is gonna hire. But anyway, uh, so UCLA coming to Washington. Dogs are two point favorites in this game. Here, here's a shocking thing I saw during the uh, UCLA and Arizona game, they did a, a little graphic where they were showing UCLA's rest of their schedule and uh, their percent chance of wins based on like the football power index or whatever, some kind of analytics metric. They are uh, not favored. And, you know, it's, it's maybe, you know, like, four, you know, four to two or something they're favored to win for and like lose two of their remaining games or something like that. Uh, they are, uh, their least percentage chance to win is against USC in that rivalry game, which does that make a lick of sense to you? They are 37% chance to beat this year's USC team. No, that seems low. Well, let me give you a number that'll shock you even more. 
They have a mere 38% chance, according to this uh, objectively flawed index, of beating Washington this week. 138% chance they're going to beat Washington. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't tell you how much money I would wager on this game. And maybe I would lose my house and we'll and we'll lament that next week. My wife won't let me do it. But, um, but UCLA and Chip Kelly – Chip Kelly runs the ball. Like that's what he does. That's what he, that's what he did at Oregon. That's like that's his that's his shtick. And UW cannot stop the run. Yeah. What? Well, the why? the announcers did remark they were like uh what the the play play guy was like he said the phrase the computers still love Washington for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any doesn't make any sense, man. Uh, UCLA should be favored by 10 points in this game. I agree with that. Go dogs, baby. I would see UCLA minus 10 on this game, and I wouldn't even think twice. I'd be like. I'll tell you what. The D is good. We're going to get some turnovers. How much is it going to be? Pardon? Uh Uh-oh. We're on the mild delay again. It's been okay up until now. Um, I I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand the line. Yeah, I'll, do, are we going to get Kate Otten back? I feel like that guy hasn't played in weeks. Yeah, he's out of co-protocol. Again? Oh, no, he's out of the protocol. We get him back. Okay, well, that's exciting. Um, yeah, he's, he's out. We got him. We're plucky, dude. We're going to get a good Dylan Morris game, and we're going to win. He's got, Dylan Morris is not that bad, and I think Washington's going to shock him. In, in our march to a bowl game that's going to be I played. I grand. He's probably winning. <laughs> no, dude, we're playing in a bowl game that's, like, so prestigious it's going to be played prior to the Apple Cup. That's my prediction. All right. Uh, because the connection quality is getting poor, I'm going to call it for this episode. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah. Well, I think we made it up until now and it was getting a little dicey there, but I think we, you know, we got through what we needed to talk about with that. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Washington game? I mean, you're pretty clear you're pessimistic, but we're obviously taking the dogs, right? This is a classic scenario where I went for one exchange too many. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye.